I believe everyone has a story to share. I'm on a journey to discover the magic inside each person's story. Each week, I will introduce you to guests where I will dig deep and uncover the beautiful miracles from life and experiences to inspire and encourage you to live life to the fullest. My goal is to give each guest a platform to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Donner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to my 50th episode of Uncover Your Magic. I can't even believe I'm saying those words. To think 50 weeks ago, I began this journey and all the people I've met, the lessons I've learned and the growth I have gotten from each and every one of my guests. Wow, what a gift. And to say thank you to each and every one of you who has listened and let me know in a DM or a message or a phone call that it's changed your life is something I would have dreamed about a year ago. Now knowing what I know and helping others and making an impact in even just one person's life has meant more to me than you could ever know. This podcast is a gift. I look at it as a vessel to share stories so all of you can look within and see your magic and all that you have accomplished in your life. Open your eyes to look for the magic moments more and see the beauty in each day. Remember to live in the now and know even though life seems off sometimes, in those moments you will now see them as gifts and know that everything is always happening for you, not to you. To think how much fear I had when I said yes to that voice inside my head that said, make this podcast. And now 50 weeks later, I say out loud, thank you, God, for that message and thank myself for listening and taking the action. Each week got a little easier and got so much more fun. I remember doing my solo episodes in the beginning, wondering who will really want to listen to my story. If anything, I pray that you have learned from this journey of mine is to listen to that small voice that is telling you to make your move. Then make your move and surrender and trust. This is the exact result of me doing just that. There is nothing you can't do, and there are no limits in life but the ones you put on yourself. We are here for such a short time. Don't be on your deathbed saying, I wish I did anything. Who cares what other people think? especially when it's your time to move on. Life, live life with the end in mind and always know you are so taken care of. You have nothing to ever worry about and everything is always working out for you. Everything. I want to give a gift to my listeners for being so loyal and who inspires me to find guests each week who will help us grow and learn and live life with passion and purpose. I want to give away two free coaching sessions. They can be for two adults or two kids, either one. There is a link in the show notes where you can sign up and be in the drawing. I will have two winners and notify you through your email. I want to thank you all again so much for your loyalty and for always making my day. When you send me a message or call me or tell me something we said on a podcast that changed your life, oh, it just means the world to me. So thank you. So here's to the next 50 episodes. Who knows where we go, but right now, 
it's just, it's like a magic ride and a magic carpet ride. And I'm just so grateful. And I guess I could end off saying here, here we go. (laughs) Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic. I am almost upon a year of doing this podcast. I've made it a point to do one episode each week because I feel like when you are consistent in life and anything, magic happens. It's not about perfect. It's about effort. And when you bring that effort every single day, that's where the magic or transformation happens. I always say to my students in my Raising Competence course, too many days are wasted comparing ourselves to others and wishing to be something we aren't. Everybody has their own strengths and weaknesses, and it is only when you accept everything you are and aren't that you will truly succeed. Nothing holds kids back, or anyone really, other than their own insecurities or limiting beliefs. This is why I am so strongly passionate about my Raising Confidence course, because I teach these young minds to push past their fears and their self-limiting beliefs and believe they are made for so much more. Society, and especially now in this era with social media, there is so much pressure for kids. Who can have confidence after watching videos or seeing photos of kids either photoshopped or dancing and merely nothing? I mean, that to me is especially as a mother of two girls is beyond ridiculous and is so sad to think these kids look up to these other kids as if they are their role models. Once these kids realize that their self-worth isn't measured by how they look or how many likes they have, but what they have given and how much they have loved, that is when I have done what I have come here to do. I have so many more kids to empower and inspire to believe they are so much more powerful than they think and believe. To have instilled confidence in each child before they leave your house, the nest, whatever you want to call when they leave for college or onto their next step of their life, that they have been so empowered by this, these powerful tools is my mission here on this planet. Please send me a DM or email me at ashleygonner at gmail.com to put your name or your child's name on the wait list for my next session. So now on to today's episode. Today I have with me Orshika Yulia, a woman I met this year in two of Michelle Sorrell's courses that I took. One was live video mastery, where I learned how to do live video on social media, which wasn't easy, but now it's second nature and it's so fun. And then I also took another course that was seven months long called Fire and Soul, where I learned how to create the my course Raising Confidence and just so many things. It was an amazing course. And knowing Orshika through that process is like going to camp. So even though we only know each other on Zoom, I feel like we've been, you know, we're really good friends. So it's so fun to have her on this show. But more about her. So Orshika is a transformational guide, author, and motivational speaker. Her key focus is guiding domestic abuse survivors to living their complete life. Her story of how she has come to now will inspire you to realize no matter what your circumstances are, you are more capable than you know to rise up and live in the light. Orshika is a single mother of three and a domestic violence survivor. She is dedicated to bringing healing to other survivors. She is a trained and certified Jack Canfield trainer, which means that she was trained by one of the greatest mentors of all time, Jack Canfield. 
Her training and personal journey enhance her ability to see things logical and empathetically in most situations. She's been passionate about supporting others throughout her life. Now it is her mission to guide domestic violence survivors to find their own path to living their complete life. Orshika is also an author and writes weekly blogs on Medium. You are also invited to get to know her journey and programs a bit more at outofthequicksand.com. I am so looking forward to this interview, so please welcome Orshika Yulia to the show. (laughs) Thank you so, so much. I'm super excited to be here with you, Ashley. Oh, I am so grateful. And we've known each other on Zoom on all these classes of Michelle's. And I mentioned that in the intro, but, you know, finding people like-minded like you and on a journey to help other people and, and, you know, make a difference on this planet while we are here. And, you know, to realize when you meet people that have that same goal or same vision, same passion, not about the same thing, because yours is different than mine, obviously. It just makes, it inspires you to do more. And it inspires you to see that, what can I do? And when you hear your story and what you've done and where you've come in this life to 47 years, right? Just, it teaches people that, wow, if she can get there and become this amazing leader and, you know, someone who wants to change the world and help these people that have struggled, you know, why can't I do that? But to teach, be the leader of people that want to make a difference. And I'm, you know, with our children being a mother, you know, starting them and having them look at you like, wow, look at mom. She's, you know, really trying to make a difference in what, what, you know, instead of looking at your pain or your, all the troubles in your life and the being the victim, Mm -hmm. you're being the victor and showing them that whatever comes your way, you can always find the light and live in the love and know that it's all happening for me, not to me. I love that. So without more of my talking, (laughs) let's go down to explain so people understand why you're so, you know, into this domestic abuse area Mm -hmm. and then go from there. Okay. So 10 years ago, July 23rd will be our 10 year anniversary. We, I freed my family from my domestic violence marriage. And we were in that, my children and myself for four years and it was just a bad situation. And of course, no comparison game in any part of life, right? So thank my situation wasn't nearly as bad as many others, men and women both. Um, I didn't get dragged down any stairs. I didn't get, you know, punched repeatedly. I was emotionally manipulated and psychologically manipulated. So it was emotional abuse, psychological abuse. And then when the physical started, I said, <laughs> no. Because my daughters were, I don't know, coming of age, ages. So they were, you know, 10 years younger. And I thought, wow, if he could do this to me physically, then, you know, what is he going to do to my daughters who are coming of age? Because those are his stepchildren. Okay. So it's not, that's not their dad. No, it's my son's father. And so I was like, if he's going to do this to the girls, you know, if he's going to do something horrible to me, then what is he going to do to the girls? And I never even thought, what would he do to his own son? But I did think, what is this teaching my son, right? Right. That it's okay to treat women like this, or it's okay to be treated like this. Because again, not just women, women are not the only victims. 
mm-hmm. and survivors. Men can be victims and survivors as well. So, so what? Okay, now I didn't realize they that he wasn't your all your did. children's right. father. So, what was in your the girl's dad? Where is what is his? Thing. What's his role? Yeah. What's, what's what his game? What did he contribute in your life? We were together for 10 years um, from the age of 18-ish. Yeah, I was like late 18, almost 19 to about 29. And we dated for a while. We went to university together. We got married. We had two kids. And we just both, we didn't understand the importance of communication and the importance of the covenant of marriage. And I'm right so I'm not I'm not pointing fingers like our marriage failed because of him I take full 100% ownership and responsibility of that one as well we were just on different vibes so we we got a divorce yeah and young you know kind of you know growing and you know I always say if I married at 18 there's no way I I just can't imagine myself as a person you know a lot of people do and make it and I'm right that's amazing but yes. for my person, I, I needed to grow throughout my 20s, discover who I was, and then figure out who would be my best growing Absolutely. partner that I could live Absolutely. on this planet with, right? So now I'm going a little bit deeper because I now I'm understanding you better. So was your dad a big part of your life? What was the oh. male figure? Why oh, are I you have... attracted? Why, why am I attracted to people that I don't stick with? <laughs> no, I just meant, did you have a, like with the abuse, yeah. did you have like an unworthy, what I'm coming with? Like, cause I see yeah. you now and you're like beyond worthy. <laughs> beyond you know? worthy. Thank you. Yes. So it's really, really weird. Like I had a great father. He passed four years ago and my father was amazing. Like he just was a great father. He loved my mother to the best of his ability you know, he just, he was a great human. He was a pediatrician and was really born to serve the youth. And that's a, definitely a special calling. And that's where his soul was and his heart was. So how I got attracted to the abuse was because of the lack of self-esteem, right? So I divorced my first husband and then I was in other relationships and I just didn't find myself worthy of anything more. And so when the abuser showed up in my life and he brought home flowers and he brought home clothes for me to wear and jewelry and, you know, fake jewelry, just for the record. <laughs> if he's bringing you home fake jewelry, just no, just oh no. My gosh. <laughs> You're worthy of the good stuff. Anyway, no kidding. so, or ladies, excuse me, I said girls, but ladies too. Yeah. I just didn't, I didn't have that good self-esteem. I didn't feel worthy of anything. And so he showed some kindness. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm a single mom with two little girls and nobody's going to love me. And it was all a mental thing, right? It was all in my head. And I see that now, but back then I just, I wanted to be loved so desperately. And I wanted a family as we see in our culture, the male and the female role model, raising the children, living happily ever after. I wanted that family dynamic, that Webster's dictionary, that Merriam's dictionary, you know, definition of family only to realize that family isn't always two people raising children. I made my own family and it was healthier than any other I could have made at that point with a partner. Right. So So when you were married to your son's father, who we are talking about right now, so it lasted for for how many years? Four years. Four years. Mm -hmm. And okay, so you have your two daughters. You're living together, obviously, all five of you. Yes. And six, because he has you, son too. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Brady Bunch. <laughs> That's, um, so anyway, so you have this 
do you have start having this too much like this relationship where he's like narcissistic would you call it label it that I don't know oh he was absolutely a narcissist probably still is to this day that's not my cup of tea to worry about anymore but yeah he was absolutely narcissistic and I didn't know what that was at the time I didn't understand the severity of it the seriousness of it the importance of understanding what a narcissist does and how they prey on their victims yeah I was just blindsided until it was almost too late. And I was hell bent on making the relationship work because by golly, I was, you know, 30 something and didn't want another failed relationship. So instead of pulling up my bootstraps and saying, Hey girl, mm -mm, this is not worth your time and energy. I pulled up my bootstraps and said, I'm going to make this work come hell or high water. And, and that was the wrong thing to do. Yeah. Did he, did he want to go get counseling? Was he that kind of a guy that would go work on things or was he like, there's no, we don't need to to work on anything. (laughs) He's the kind of guy that places blame on everybody else. And we didn't need to work on anything to work on everything because everything was my fault. And I did wrong and the house was never clean enough because I did it wrong. The children were misbehaved because I did it wrong. So it was, you know, really added great, strength to that low self-esteem, right? I mean, I say that with with huge sarcasm. You are speaking to someone right now that's my listener, very close and dear to my heart. I'm not going to say the name, but please listen. I cannot wait for this to come out because it's understanding. You're not the only one understanding that when you're in a situation with that kind of a person that you start believing what he's saying. And it's a cycle. I always told her, like, as soon as you start doubting yourself and you're questioning it and then maybe, oh, maybe I should leave. But then all of a sudden the flowers and the jewelry come, right? And then everything's back and they're like, oh, I can do this. Like I'm- Yeah, no, go, leave. Just pack your stuff up and go. I just, it's the cycle is you, we, the survivors have to break the cycle because the narcissists who do realize what they're doing are very manipulative. Some of them do not realize what they're doing. So let's, you know, give credit where credit's due. Some narcissists are just dumb and others are really brilliant. Um, But the cycle is only broken by the survivor. The narcissist is using the survivor as a supplier for their own benefit. They have zero interest in helping the other person and the partnership grow and nurture and be truly loved. Well, they don't want the other person to grow, right? They want the other person to be stagnant and just be, they can't grow because then they're going to realize like, wait, this, this person's not, you know, it's that, that control, you know, and see someone control, but it's, I always say, gosh, I've been in relationships like that and then realize it. But then I think, you know, being married and have children, it's a different feeling because you feel like you're responsible for the family and you want to keep it together, especially on your second marriage. And you're, you know, trying to like, you know, be strong and make it happy. But then you think, what am I doing? I, I always look like looking at them in the mirror, right? Like, what am I doing that's allowing this person to do that to me? What is in me that says it's okay? You know, right. that's what I mean. So what do you, right. what are you portraying to him that made him feel it was okay? Right. Well, you know, and I was hopeful, romant, hopeless, romantic, where I was like, if I just love him enough, he'll learn how to love and he'll learn how to love everybody, including himself well enough and good. And I'll just sunshine and roses and Skittles and lollipops. But the reality is they're not capable 
of that kind of love. Their brain is physically not capable of that kind of love. And each and every one of us deserves better than to be controlled. And I'm not talking about like, hey, shoot me a text on where you're going or let me know you got there safely. That's not necessarily control. That could be construed as caring as well. And so I forgave a lot of that kind of behavior and said, oh, he cares about me. And I haven't had anybody care like that about me and care where I am. But then I realized that when the accusation started, you know, if I said, hey, I'm going to lunch with a friend of mine, would you like to come with us? Invited and it happened to be a male friend. We were out in public. I purposely sat by the window so everybody can see that I was, you know, like just being very respectful of boundaries and whatever. And one of my ex's friends showed up at the same place and I invited them to come sit down. And the next thing I hear when I get back home is, oh, you were sleeping with this person and you were totally snuggled up and making out. And I'm like, at Arby's? Yeah, <laughs> right. Right there yeah. on the table in front of everybody, in front of the whole town, because it was a small town, in front of the whole town during lunch hour. Yep. Like yeah. the, and you have to take yourself out of the situation and go, wow, this person really just sounds like an idiot right now because they're accusing me of like making out at Arby's and making out at Walmart. You know, not going to my best friend's house. Excuse me, when I say I'm going to my best friend's house, and I'm like, but you show up, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's, to me, it's like, they don't have control. They lost control. Right. Right. So you had a, you made a decision to do something and you mm-hmm. talked about it, but not letting it fit in his category of what you should be doing. He didn't have control over that. And then, then they freak out. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, so you realize one day this is enough and you leave. Mm-hmm. Well, I realized because you reached me. And oh I said, gosh. no, I absolutely, that's not, not even an option. I said, no, I don't want this. I cried through the whole thing. I remember it like it happened this morning. Like, Ugh. you know, you're supposed to forgive and forget, but I forgive. I tend to not forget, especially something that major, right? And I was like, that's not okay. So I called family the very next morning. And a week later, we packed our stuff up and we took off. And did he know you left? No, no. And that's something for anybody who's listening, who is thinking about leaving, be smart about it. So I took very logical steps. So it wasn't just like, oh my gosh, I'm going to leave. Like, okay, if your life is in danger and you're listening to this, first of all, why are you listening to this? If your life is in danger, get to safety and then come back and listen. (laughs) But (laughs) realistically, like if your life is in danger, get out. But if your life is not in immediate danger, like you're not being held hostage, there's not a gun being pointed at you. Like if if you have the opportunity to make an escape plan, do some some money, go to the sheriff's department, let them know where you're going, give them the address, let them know when you're leaving. I mean, these are all very, very important things because then the narcissist can come back and say, well, she stole my kids and it's kidnapping. And then you're kind of screwed. Like mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot of women and men who get kind of messed up with that, right? Because they didn't take the necessary steps to let the officers know, the sheriff's department know what's really going on. So be smart about your steps and have a plan for sure. So yeah. you take your three little sweet babies with you, I did. you leave, you go I find, did. wait to your mom's or? Mm-mm, I went to my brother's. Okay. And then just live there for how long? Do you have <laughs> savings? Are you? Do you have money? What do? You, how are you doing? Yeah, this? 
I had a little bit of savings. I had child support from my girl's father. I let the girl's father know what we were doing. And he said, okay, get to safety. You know, that's first and foremost. And once I got to my brother's house, I actually talked to my my daughter's father. And he was like, if you want to come down here where he was living and live and I can help out, then, you know, let me know what I can do, which is very, very chivalrous of him. And I really appreciate that to this day. But we lived in my brother's house for seven months in his basement and until we got our feet, you know, back under us. And then I just found a place to live, you know, saved up some money, found a place to live for the four of us and a dog and a cat. And yeah. What are you doing at, for work at this time? What were you doing? I was working at a factory for a month. And then I was working as a preschool, preschool teacher. Okay. So here you are, you start your new life, you cut the cord, he's gone. And now you're moving on. You're going to make, you're going to be this force and you're going to, you know, you're going to do it. And in your mind, are you like, I'm just going to do this on my own. I'm going to like start dating and find another guy. Cause I, where's your mind at this time? Cause are you, you're worthy, right? Right. My mind was, how do I make it through Sears and Walgreens without freaking out? I mean, honestly, my anxiety was so over the fence, like through the roof. I mean, it just, my anxiety was so high that even considering it wasn't even an option, just, I needed serious time to heal. You know, when your spouse rates you and he's been manipulating you emotionally and psychologically for years, you just don't jump into another relationship. It's not fair to your children. It's not fair to you and it's not fair to the other person. So yeah, there was no no other relationship going on for quite some time. Right. Well, I can imagine. I mean, I just, you know, you think of those little sweet things going, okay, mom, where are we going? (laughs) You know, as just being a mom myself, you know, you just think of what, you know, parenting and trying to talk to them and explain to them at that age, what is going on. And especially having two older girls and having Mm -hmm. them watch it and wanting them to be understanding that, you know, this is not right. This is not how you will be treated by somebody. Correct. Explain to me that you're parenting during that time. uh, Survival mode. (laughs) I mean, seriously, it was like, how can I love my babies enough so that they can heal? I did not take care of myself. It was, how can I love my babies enough so they can heal? How can I make this transition easier for them? How can I just be the best mom I know how to be? And I should have taken care of myself because then I would have been a better mom. We know the saying, right? We serve from our overflow. So we can't serve from an empty saucer. We serve from what's flowing over the saucer. You are the saucer, right? You're familiar with this, Ashley? Right, yeah. You're the saucer and you fill it up with all the goodness. And then you serve other people from the overflow. If your saucer is empty and you got nothing to give. And that's where I was. I just really worked on survival mode and loved them the best I knew how at that time and answered questions and allowed them to partake in extracurricular activities in school because they desperately wanted that connection and, you know, those friendships. And so I just, with a very watchful eye, but I definitely allowed them to just be normal kids and not have the weight of our adultness on them. So many people put, and that's where so many parents could really use more instruction is they put the weight of their pressure onto their children. Now, mind you, I did do that to my oldest one. You know, that was, that was I, could, I wish I could have made different choices, but I did do that about some things. I always told my children that if they asked the question, I would answer to their level, right? Like I'm not gonna 
straight up tell a nine-year-old that their stepfather raped me, but I did make mistakes and I did open up a little bit more than I should have. And I put a little bit too much weight, my weight on my oldest daughter, because she's just mature beyond her years. And I had to remember that she's still only, you know, 12 and 13 at that time. So. Right. Now she's 20 now? 21. She'll be 22 that this, this summer. Yeah. And how did her, the rest of her childhood go with you um, before she left? Yeah, pretty good. We have a great relationship now. We had a little hiccup when she was 18, but who doesn't, right? Uh, many, many people do. And that's normal and natural. And she's a very strong-willed child. And we now hang out and do things together. And her childhood was um, as good as can be expected with, you know, a mom who was uh, living in survival mode. Right. So yeah. when you... Look now. So now you're how many years out of it? 10. You're 10 years. Mm -hmm. That's right. 10 years um, out of that. What has been your biggest accomplishment in 10 years? What do you feel so proud of? My children, like legitimately my children. So my oldest one has a grown up job. My middle one serves, you know, in our U.S. Army and she's married to an army guy. And my youngest one just shines God's light so brilliantly in all the things that he does. And so definitely my children are my biggest accomplishment. And then growing my own business. So my own personal accomplishment, because that's my accomplishment through them, right? But my own personal accomplishment is growing my business. Yes. So, and your business came through your experience. It did. Yes. So out of the quicksand is my business and it came through my experience. And I went through the train the trainer training, right, with Jack Canfield. Yes. And I sat there one day and, and I am a Christian and I prayed and I meditated and I was like, Lord, where, what am I doing with this? Like, I have all this beautiful knowledge and I have a master's degree in education and I love to teach, but I didn't want to go back in the classroom. And, you know, what am I going to do? And it was just so clear one day. He's like, well, what have you been through? And I'm like, oh, so I can, I can help people get out of their own quicksand I can guide them and be their guide through you know the yuckiness and so they can be their own hero of their own life and I just feel so blessed to be able to do this work yeah what led you to Jack how did you get into that training so I was on Tiffany Peterson's campus for a little bit uh, a few years ago and she was speaking about Jack very highly so let me back up in my childhood, we had all the chicken soup for the soul mm-hmm. books. So, like, I love you. yeah. So I grew up with Jack basically, and then Tiffany Peterson said something about his training, and I prayed about it, and God was like, "No, it's not time yet." And then somebody else said something about Jack, and I prayed about it, and it was like, "No, it's not time yet." So then I went to his one day to greatness in June of, I don't know, maybe two years ago, oh. and was it? Yeah, it must have been two years ago because everything shut down last year. So in 2019, I went to his one day of great one day to greatness event over in Chicago, which is about a four hour drive from here. And I was like, all right, God, is this the time? And he was like, yep, this is the time. So I signed up and got certified. Uh, so, you know, I love I read success principles and the older children, like I told you before we were recording, I always get the book for them, the, the ones that are in their 20s that are ready to go, you know, ready to set right. their life on fire. And I really find it so valuable. And I love Jack and I grew up too on Chicken Soup for the Soul. And 
in our community, you and I, what we are surrounded by all these Canfield, you know, train the trainer. Yes. People, yes. You know, so to meet all these people and you in our groups that we've been in through 2020 has been so amazing. And to see the, what I've learned with you is that it is true. Like, what is my passion? What are things in your mind? What do people ask you? What are you always giving advice about? What is it? You know, but you know, you live your life and you do your thing and it doesn't seem like there's something in there until one day we go to our, you know, we're in our class or the first one was the live video mastery. Right. So we could learn how to talk on the camera or on social media. Believe me, now it's still, it's, it's so much easier. And that was amazing class, but then learning what you, what your passion is. And then what you found and what I found was, oh my gosh, it is. And when you have that, it's like, nothing's going to stop you, you know? And it's so, when you have, it's like a purpose and your passion. Like once you, that light bulb hits, that's all that I wake up in the morning and that is my focus. And I know that's yours too. It is. And it's such a magical thing to be able to serve like that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's magical to be able to serve your passion and do what you love and know that you're making such a positive impact not just with the people that you're speaking to today, but the ripple effect that it'll cause for generations to come. So what you're doing is so important because you're building the confidence of, you know, the teenagers in the early 20s, which we absolutely desperately need in this world. And you're so good at it. And it's like, it's lovely because you're not just changing that particular person. You're changing the trajectory of their families. And that's, that's pretty powerful. Yeah. Oh, I can't tell you how happy <laughs> what that passion does for my soul. Right. Yes. I, to find that feeling and to know that that is why I'm here. And just like you did. And thank you for that, for you, especially, you know, thank you for that experience. Cause now I'm the, the vessel that right. all these other people are going to learn from, and I get to change their life and empower them to believe in them and to know that if I can do this and go through what you did, if they, so they see your journey, right. I mean, what a, that's just so empowering to know that you could do that for people. I love that. Thank you. Yeah, it is. It's really empowering. And I so appreciate the kudos for that. And I love that I can take this really just horrible lesson and reach out to other people and say, you can have a complete life. You can have a life filled with peace and forgiveness and empowerment. It's just whether or not you're willing to put forth the work. It's not easy by any means, right? But it's definitely worth everything because you're worth everything as a human being. So it's worth having that, those struggles and those, those cries in the middle of the night or in the bathtub or in the, you know, in the closet or in the kitchen or wherever. Mm -hmm. The breakdowns, those tears are, are cleansing and they build you up to where, you know, you can be in life. Right. What is book? You wrote a book, right? I did. Yes. Right behind me. There's 52. That's my book. What does 52 mean? 52 is 52 different stories where God showed up in my life, whether I realized it or not at the time. So they're just Ah. a compilation of stories of my childhood and adulthood. And of course, the not so great parts as well. So the rape is in there and some other incidences. Um, Yeah. It's just, it's a compilation of 52 stories of God showing up in my life and showing his grace and his patience to me as one of his children. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I didn't know that. Um, So when, what, give me something amazing God story from that book. 
Okay, here's an amazing God story from that book. I think this is in there. Pretty sure it is. It should be. If it isn't, wait a minute, maybe we need a second version. No, it's in there. So we were living on our own. This is after we moved out of my brother's house and we were living on our own. And I was in the midst of changing jobs. So I was done with the with the preschool job. And then I got a, a better paying job at a church. And so in that transitional period, the preschool job, there was a hiccup in their system. So I didn't get paid. And they were like, oh, it's going to be three weeks until the next paycheck. And I was like, oh, fabulous. And the church was like we were in that cycle where both of them were going to be paying me in three weeks. But I was so paycheck to paycheck and I had literally $11 to our name, $11 for three weeks to feed four mouths, get gas in the car and go to work. And oh yeah, my car insurance was due as well. And I was living in the Chicago area. Like you can't like fake that, right? (laughs) There are some areas in this country you can fake that, but not with them because somebody hits you and then you're in jail. So I was like, Lord, I, I need you. I have no idea I'm going to stretch $11 for three weeks with all these other, you know, mouths to feed and everything else, bills to pay. And I asked my brother, I was like, do you have any suggestions? And he suggested an organization, St. Vincent de Paul. And I called them and um, they gifted me with money for food, for gas, and they paid my insurance. And I had enough. I had enough for the next three weeks. And it was like, that's only God. Like you can call it, you know, a serendipitous coincidence, but if you want to call it the universe, fine. Okay. But that's right. only God. Like, right. I love that. Oh. Thing, yeah. What inspired you to write that book? Did you just realize you started looking back and thinking, gosh, if people only really listen, cause I, what I'm getting from you is, you know, you're always praying and listening for the answer mm-hmm. and, you know, and listening and being aware. Cause a lot of people pray, And then, you know, they're asking and asking and asking, and then they don't sit still and listen. And what I'm getting from you is that you listen and you take the lead, like you take those steps, you listen and move. And Mm -hmm. what made you write that book? Did you just realize, wow, my life has been so magical that I need to share this with people? I listened and I moved. Really? I mean, honestly, it wasn't supposed to be 52 stories of my life. I had this whole other thing that I wanted to write about. And the title was going to be 52 either way. And I was meditating and praying one day and God was like, "Mm -mm, this isn't serving me. And I need you to write a book to serve me. And I was like, okay. So I pouted for about two and a half to three weeks. I was like, no, but I want to write what I want to write because my human side kicked in. Right. And he waited patiently. And so I said, okay, what do you need me to write? And he was like, tell people how I show up in their lives when they don't realize it. Look oh. back on your stories. You just yeah. make me cry. <laughs> um, huh, you know, I, cause I love to, you know, I look back at my life and think, you know, wow, you know, you're always provided. It's all, you're always provided for. Yes. And to know that people go through life and stress about things or worry and, you know, wonder if they're going to have, you know, how am I going to spend the next three weeks on $11? And no, that's not a good feeling as a single mom. And I totally understand that. But, you know, when you look back at it and now you're, you know, looking back at the the miracles from life that are always there. And I always call that magic. And, you know, when you really listen and trust 
and surrender and know that even if it's not in your way or your time or all those things, I just not have a visual of how it's going to come. Just know and trust. Right. And it always is there every time. Always, every time. And that's, every I mean, the, time. the $11 is a pretty easy, easy story to share, but there are others that are in there that are just a little bit harder. You know, it wasn't, there were times when writing, it was not easy. I had through the darker times of the book, I had to put it down for three days and just not write because I just needed to allow my soul to heal and just be connected again with God and understand that this is about him. And actually my publisher, funny, my publisher wanted me to use um, a pen name, which I ended up using just so I can't get sued for slander. Um, And I powered for about five and a half minutes, literally. (laughs) I was like, I want to use my name. And then it was like, I heard God again saying, it's not about you, my child. And I was like, fine, I'll use a stupid pen name. It's not a stupid pen name, just for the record. (laughs) But yeah, I was just like, okay, it's not about me. And if we realize that our service is not about us, it's about serving others and helping them, then life just feels more complete and more at peace and more at ease. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, Mm -hmm. but it's just easier to comprehend you know when we're more selfless instead of selfish life's just better yeah for, oh for sure you know as a mom I mean I didn't have my children until later in life but once you become that mom and you're responsible for these sweet little beings that God gave you to raise life ch- takes on a whole new meaning and you know the responsibility and what you're you know all your the things that you do that you're trying to instill in them and, you know, letting them lead the way to at at the stage of your life, especially with your older girls. Right. And, you know, mine are 12 and 14. So I'm at that place where, you know, they are making their choices and allowing them to do that and to watch them succeed or make the wrong choice. But, and then being aware Right now, I think with me having the podcast and what's striking me about you is I've had so many people on as a guest that really are into their, really tuned into their intuition or Mm -hmm. channel. You know, they really listen. They write the, the, um, God writes the book, right? Right. Right. And you know, you're, they're listening and they're so tuned into that and that everyone has that. And my whole thing about learning my growth over this last year, especially in this learning and meeting all these people and all of our friends from our groups is when you know that we all have those abilities to really tune into that voice and let it guide you and trust like we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you put all that together, what a life, like life is just like living in the now. I always say that, but when you live in the now and you live that way and you're listening and you're trusting and you know, it's going to all work out and to really portray that to who you're serving and your children, your, who you're loving, your husband and all that, that's life. That's how it should be. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. I love that you wrote the book like that because I, I always think, yeah, a book's in my mind. I have a book in my, right. And I will sit down and write, get ready for the podcast. And I write my God letter beforehand, you know, dear God, thank you for this time that I get with you and, you know, have, you know, speak through me you know, let it flow and give, make an impact, you know, always trying to figure out like whoever listens makes it changes their life. And to have that ability to have this platform to do that 
is beyond grateful. <laughs> like it just, I don't think I knew going into it really what I, where I'm at now, I didn't know the feeling. And now that I know the feeling that I get to people telling me that I've it changed my life. I wake up, I'm now positive. I'm, you know, all these things. But when my whole point now I see is listening to that voice that you do mm-hmm. and, you know, praying and asking, you know, and talking and writing mm-hmm. and knowing that whatever, and, and trusting that it is that, you know, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's the trusting, right? And that's so hard for so many of us who have been through, you know, serious. It's so hard to trust, but you can choose not to trust and live a miserable life, or you can choose to trust and live a good life where you get to serve others. So, I mean, the choice ultimately is ours and the responsibility is ultimately ours, right? And taking ownership and responsibility for that choice is definitely ours. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of trust, I just remember something sparked me. You quit a job, nothing like, wasn't there some recent experience that you just had that you trusted? Oh, yes. So this is my last week at my job that I've had for four and a half years. And so next week I delve in 100% to serving all of the parents specifically who are now survivors of domestic violence. So yeah, I'm, I'm going full force, full on so that I can serve more because I've been able to serve, but not in the magnitude that I asked to, that I'm called to serve. So that starts next week. I'm kind of excited. Okay, wait. And a little nervous. You're, you're minimizing it because I took it as like, yeah, because you like for financially, you're <laughs> like, I'm not going to wait. I just know this is, I'm going to quit this job yeah. and just trust that yeah. what I'm supposed to be doing is helping these people. I need right. more time. But right. how do you come to the place? Because I've been in a place where I look back on my life where I'm just going to quit this job. I have no clue if I am going to have, I just trust. I know that the money's right. coming and I will figure it out and it will yeah. just work out. I just, and right now this is just not for me. If I don't cut it now, then when will I, you know, right. what am I waiting for? Like always getting through that fear And once you get through that fear, which is coming through me, what I'm seeing in you, like you've done it and you know, you can. So quitting that job in your mind, you're like, well, what I've done through my life and what I've done and where I've come, it has given you that strength, right? Yes. Yes. And the courage to like, you know, I'm going to kick through that fear and just do it and trust. And and you know, I look back on that $11 story, right? Because yesterday, honestly, yesterday was a hard day. I was like, what am I doing? Imposter syndrome kicks in. Oh my gosh, how am I going to pay the bills? You know, all of this like whirlwind of negativity and the enemy doing his best to work on me. And I just think of that $11 story. So if you ever need inspiration, just think of that $11 story, you know, because if, if I could get 11 bucks for three weeks and be blessed exponentially and now live this life that I didn't even think I could dream of, right? Because when you're in survival mode, dreaming is not an option. Mm. Think of like, wow, $11 was nine years ago, February. And now I get to serve in this capacity and it's all because of trust. And like this whole job, quitting the job, I prayed about that for 13 months. It's in my little prayer journal. And finally I sat down one day and the prayer that I always prayed with that particular one and uh, God said, Okay, it's time. To which I said, no, I'm not ready. <laughs> I was like, no, I haven't prayed this for 13 months, but I'm not ready. And he was like, no, it's time. And I said, okay, then it's time. Right. Yeah, oh, I love that. Just, there's so much power in that. So much power. So much hope and 
you know, giving people that knowing that once they trust and just listen and let go. And I always, you know, I, what I th- I see through a lot of people, friends or, you know, they picture what it should be, you mm-hmm. know, or what it should look like or how it should come. And, you know, it's going to come right. this way and this way. And then when it doesn't, and they're so focused on the way it's supposed to come that they have fixated their mind on that. It could have already been, but they've missed they miss it. it. Right. You know, they don't right. see the magic that has been there their whole time, right. but they're so focused on this outcome that they visualize so strongly. They have such a stronghold on that visual that they just miss out on life. And the, when you realize that, I always tell the girls, like, look up, be aware and always the love and all that and be in the loving place. And that's when you realize all those things have always been there, but when people don't realize it and they finally do, they're like, Oh my gosh, like, what have I been missing? Look at this life. You know, you know, you think we're only here for, I mean, I'm 52. How long is our life? Who knows? There's no guarantee, but to live each day in the now and know that, you know, if I'm doing something that's serving someone and make changing their life, and making it better and what it does for whoever, then that is exactly the way I want to live this in the now and to live in the now and the present and to know that's all we have. We don't have yesterday. We don't have tomorrow, but all we have is now. And to live with that beautiful feeling of this is now like on a Wednesday, this is exactly where we're supposed to be. Right. Yeah. And that's so true. And it's so important to appreciate the now, especially when you do have a family, you know, and especially when you are in survival mode, it's so difficult at times to just sit and appreciate the now, but it is so important because that's, that's all you have. That's what fills your cup. That's what fills your soul are these beautiful, magical moments that just whisk away with, you know, the breeze of the wind. Yeah. The now is very important. What are your, when you get down, because we're human, you know, we're going to go down the the mountain a little bit. Sure. What are the things that you still have triggers that get you down that you need to work on to get back up the mountain? Yeah. So some of my triggers are that self-worth, right? That self-esteem. I got, you know, yesterday, like I said, was a prime example. Like who's going to want to be influenced by me? I'm, you know, I'm a nobody. And I just, I ask God to take it away. You know, those are the triggers for me that the self-esteem, because that's what got me into the situation that I was in and well, multiple situations that I was in, but this, you know, specific one. And so, you know, I just, how long you're sitting in that quicksand. And so the quicker people can come out of it, the healthier you are. And so like, for me, I didn't allow myself to sit in it for too long. And I just pray for God to take away all the anxiety and all the stress and you know, the meaningless stuff that you really don't, don't need to put yourself through in this life. Right. So with your out of the quicksand, new business website course, what's your vision with that? Absolutely. Great question. I absolutely have this, this passion, this goal, this calling to change millions of lives and the trajectory of families because abuse is a cyclical thing. And so my mission is to change the vision is to change millions of lives. And the mission is to do that by giving the parents and the children the tools to be able to just feel empowered and feel that peace and feel that forgiveness and love in their life. When you say cyclical, what do you mean by that? It passes down, you mean like? Yes. 
And so it's the parents' responsibility to break that. And I see it so often. I'm in a few Facebook groups uh, for narcissists, like people who are affected by narcissists and they just want to sit in it. And I feel so much sadness and empathy for those men and women who just want to sit in that, like that's all they deserve. And so that's what they're teaching their children who will then teach their children. So it's our responsibility as parents to just say no more. You know, I'm not going to pass this along. I'm not going to allow this to be the next generation, the next generation. So my mission and vision is to change that trajectory and stop that cycle. You know, just like alcoholism, just like drug abuse, like somebody's got to be strong and stop it. Right. So how do you do that? I mean, I know it's a long process, but what do you meet with the survivor? And then you have a course that they go through that you, Mm -hmm. is it a group or one-on-one? Yeah. Great questions. Thank you. I have a six week course and I course and then one-on-one coaching as well. And that can all be found at outofthequicksand.com. And out of the quicksand, how did that come into your mind? So I had an energy healer working with me years and years ago. And she said, you know, it just feels like you're coming out of the quicksand. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly what it feels like. And then that thought like got laid to rest and I didn't even consider it. And then I was like, huh, as I was writing the uh, the subtitle for 52, it's finding ways to get out of the quicksand or finding gifts. What is it? Oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. Uh, Finding gifts while sinking in quicksand. There we go. I always want to get the wording right. But anyway, so it's finding gifts while um, sinking in quicksand. And that's really what it felt like, you know, like the gift of God always being there. So out of the quicksand came from actually an energy healer from years ago. And then I used it as a subtitle. And I was like, oh, because I had a whole business plan and model. And I was like, here we go, Ushiga Yulia Consulting. And I was like, nobody's going to know who Ushiga Yulia is. And it's not about me. Again, it's not about me. (laughs) I was like, I get it. I get it. I get it. (laughs) So And then I changed it to out of the quicksand. And I was like, yes, that feels right. That's exactly where I'm supposed to be. That's exactly what I'm supposed to be doing is, you know, that helping hand to get people out of there and then live that life that they dream of that that life of peace and forgiveness and empowerment because you can't like just because you've been a victim once and you're a survivor now it doesn't mean you have to live in survivor mode forever right like you can live this beautiful life where you have an office with windows on all three sides which messes with your lighting (laughs) (laughs) no it's you know but you know so my feeling is what I see because I lived closely with the same kind of I, what you went through with my close friend, but, you know, watching the not staying in the victim mode and trying to get out of the survivor, you know, and live, like you were just saying, like live on the other side of the street right. <laughs> or whatever. But, you know, when you're with somebody for so many years that have told you, you're not good enough, you're the one that this is why this is wrong. And, oh my gosh, you're not this, and you're, you can't be doing that. And having this so controlled life and so afraid to do something and so afraid that it's not perfect and so afraid of, you know, what if someone thinks this way or, you know, all those things that go play in your mind, all those limiting beliefs that are so concrete because of what you've been living in for so long. My thing is watching you and who I've seen before go through this, go from this place of survivor and I'm a survivor and that's your you know, your label, right. Let's get off the survivor and let's go. 
you know, but to see the ones that do go and get out of the quicksand, that is so empowering. That just like lights me up because I'm thinking, thank you, God, for letting them see who they truly are and know the strength that they know they now have to go on to the other side of the street right. and beyond. But, I was going to say, who wants to be on the other side of the street? I don't want to see any <laughs> No, we're, we're, lo- we're long like, gone. <laughs> I'm moving state, people. <laughs> moving state. You know, just, you know, the, the seeing that person, especially in that situation that you're, you were in and, you know, it's just such a degrading, you know, low vibration. Humiliating, really. Right. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, when, when I always, I'm talking and saying, okay, thank you, God, for that. That's gone. <laughs> and now we're on to this amazing life. And you can be, do, or have anything, even if you're 50 or 40, whatever. Right. Start right. now. It all happened for a reason. It's all right. for a gift. You chose your life. You know, you're learning your lessons. Maybe you went to the left of the road, but and you're supposed to go to the right. But you know what? You, know, you went to the left, learned your lessons, and now you're back on the yellow brick road. Right. I'm always right. like, but you go down the yellow brick road, you might want to take a left, and that's probably your free will because you're going to go down and you need to learn uh-huh. some lessons, right? Yeah. Yes. 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 So we come back to the yellow brick road, and we now we're back. And look at life. It's like okay. But being okay with that and never like being mad at yourself for allowing it because it all worked for your good. You know, it's right. always working for your, the greatest good yes. of who you yes. are as a person yes. and what you're supposed to be doing on this earth. Yes. And that is what you look for. And that is the most amazing. Like when I see that in you, the strength that you have and not going on a vacation for what, like 20 years, like all the right. things that I was listening, going, oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> you know? Talk about self-love, like, (laughs) you know, and how your cup runs over and what do you have left and all those things, but what you did and it's all good because look what you are now and just to to celebrate who you are today and living in the now and being so proud of who you are because I am so proud of you. Thank you. And I am taking vacation this summer. I just solidified it yesterday. So just so you all know, I am no longer going to go 20 more years without a vacation, like an actual relaxing vacation. Oh, I'm so glad. Yes. Yes. We're on an hour. I want to wrap it up. But what we didn't talk about, what I wanted to was when you went to train the trainer with Jack, I know this yes. is, we're getting out of that, but I love that. And I, I do love everybody that came out of that and I'm so close to them. What was your big takeaway from that experience with Jack? I am worthy of so much more. That was my big takeaway. You're going to get me crying. I don't know why. That was really emotional, (laughs) but I am worthy of so much more to give. I have so much more to give. It was like, and I'm worthy of being that person who's being called and chosen to give, to guide, to help people get out of their quicksand. Like that was huge for me. It was like little bitty me, like I'm a domestic violence survivor, a single mom of three, like you know, what do I know? Who am I? I am worthy. Yeah, I love it. And you are. Yeah. And you come across that. I mean, not knowing you and meeting you, you do a million percent. You come across that. And I know it's taken work and I know it's self-talk and I know it's the thoughts you think. And I know all the things that go into that to become that person that you are right now that I'm looking at. But to know that you created that and you you know, like, you know, you're on your yellow brick road. You went to see Jack and do that whole thing and transform and learn that you are worthy and, you know, and then come back and 
here we go. You know, and you know, one of the main, main things at Jack's was one of his principles is ask, ask, ask. And I've taught my children that always. They would come up to me and they would be like, never mind. And I'm like, the answer is no. Until you ask, the answer is no. And that's with every aspect in life. That is absolutely by far my most favorite success principle. He teaches about, you know, taking ownership and responsibility for your behaviors, right? Which is vitally important. But in my world, ask, ask, ask. Because if I didn't ask Jack to be able to be in, in the train, the trainer, then I would be in a totally different place in life. And if, if I didn't ask myself back in the abusive situation, am I worthy of more of this? Then I would still be in that abusive situation. So we have to ask. Yes. you know is this really where we want to go is this really where we want to be if I wouldn't have asked myself is this where I want to stay then I assure you that we would not be having this conversation because had I stayed I would no longer be I'm 100% certain of that so always ask even if you feel like you're an imbecile always ask right. you're not an imbecile <laughs> you know you're just not no and I asking and the, all of his success principles. I do, you know, teaching kids being a hundred percent responsible for your life. And, but the asking, you know, in life, that's when, if you don't ask and asking the right questions, yes. right. You yes. know, and being aware of, I mean, I always say like your thoughts are your affirmations and mm-hmm. your, you know, the things you say out loud are your affirmations. But right. when you ask and you learn how to ask the right questions, the doors that open, the words that God speaks through you are spoken. All that is asking. And when you ask, I mean, it's the same thing in the Bible, you know, asking it's given like all the things, you know, knock and the door is open. Right. Speak and you shall find, you know, all the things that are all right there our whole life. And to finally go, okay, it's, it is that. (laughs) It is. It can't be any more clear than that. Right. Right. I agree. It comes back and I'm going to say our, I've loved our time, but I think the one word that I would take away is like trust. You know, I think I didn't know where we were going to go with this conversation and I love it. But I think my one thing is what people can get from it is trust. Right. A hundred. Yes, ma'am. I really do. I would say. I agree. Yulia, you did it. <laughs> I did it. So proud of you. Taught, taught me and my listeners trusting and surrender, listening to God, asking and asking and asking. Yes, yes, yes. And we were and worthy, and everyone is worthy yes. of having the most beautiful life. We are, and that's what you're living right now. And I love it. Thank you. Thank you. It was so a pleasure much. and an honor and a blessing. Thank you so so much. You're so welcome. I loved it. Thank you for this. And I will look forward to the next, wherever we land again together or be part of each other's lives and wherever it takes us. I know we'll always be connected. Thank you. I feel the same way. I appreciate you, Ashley. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget, 
always look for the magic.